So why is this the most wonderful time of the year? Well, why is it just the most wonderful time of the year? Well, Andy Williams gave us a, a few reasons, right? What did he say? There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's a few things, right? Now, come on, let's be real. Is anybody telling scary ghost stories at Christmas? I've never understood that part of the song. I've never told any ghost stories at Christmas. I, I, do you tell ghost stories at Christmas? I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit of, you know, Jacob Marley or the Christmas of, you know, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. But I mean, that's about it as far as ghosts go. I've never understood the scary ghost stories at Christmas. But hey, maybe you're going to start a new tradition. Or maybe when it comes to ghosts, if you go to the Holy Ghost International uh, Indivisible uh, Baptocostal uh, house of waffles and worship out on exit 34, then you might get a little more ghost in your Christmas than some, right? That might happen. Well, I don't have a ghost story to share with you this morning, but I do have a tale of a Christmas long, long ago and the glory of that tale. And it's not just a tale, it's a promise. And it's not just a promise, it's a guaranteed promise. We continue our series for the holidays called This, This. And what we're doing is we're looking at these moments from Bethlehem and why those moments long ago matter in your life right now. And they do matter right now. The old Christmas carol says what? It says, This, This. Is Christ the King. And then it goes on to say, haste, haste to bring him laud. What is laud? Well, it, it means to praise. So why would we praise Jesus? Why would we laud Jesus? Our sermon today is, is this joy. And we'll be looking at Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And, and what we're going to see in Paul's letter to the Galatians is that guaranteed promise. Not, not just a, a Christmas tale, but the guaranteed promise of what's found in Jesus. And beyond that, that in that guaranteed promise, in Jesus, you will find the joy that your heart is longing for the most right now only in Jesus listen as we begin in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 Paul writes but when the fullness of the time came God sent his son at just the right moment in history God sent his son at just the right moment in history where people were super confused and frustrated and living in sin and error, pining away with their confusion and their frustration with a government that was taking over the world. At just the right moment in history when many of the leaders of the world were questionable, at just the right moment in history when people who believed in God and followed God began to be angry and afraid with everything that was happening in the world. In that moment, God sent his son. And in a 
different way, although all of those things sound very familiar, right? In a different way, God is still sending Jesus right now. He's still sending Jesus to you right now. Jesus is still saving and helping and keeping and loving. It's what he does. And the promises found in Jesus Christ, they are true right now. They were true last Tuesday. They will be true this coming Thursday. And they'll be true 10,000 years from now. So whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're mad about, whatever you're angry about, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're afraid about, whatever negative thoughts are running through your mind, whatever your political opinions, whatever your theological opinions, one thing is clearly true that we would love for you to know, and that's this. God, in no way, shape, or form, has lost track of history. God's not confused about anything that's going on. Everything that God is doing is right on time. In the Bible, we have the book of Malachi that closes out the Old Testament and the book of Matthew that opens up the New Testament. And between those two books, there's 400 years of what's known as as silence from God. It's not that God wasn't working. He's always working. But there were no divine scriptures written during that time. And so during this time of silence, were God's people spending time listening and paying attention to the truth that they had already received. God had given them so much evidence of his existence. He had given them so much evidence of his grace and his peace and his power and his mercy and his love. They had a treasure trove of things that they could be focusing on. They could have been looking at the promises of the Messiah that was coming. But is that what they were doing? No, sadly, God's people checked out. They, they actually quit paying attention to the truth that God had given them because they were looking for a fresh word. They were looking for a new word. And they ignored the word they had already received. Somebody has said that they were blind and deaf to the truth of God. They were ignoring God. They were walking in darkness they were choosing to focus on everything that was going on around them instead of focusing on the truth that was over them and in them and through them and around them and then in the fullness of time at just the right moment God went into that darkness that they were walking in and he brought light And and not just a light, but that night in Bethlehem on that first Christmas, he brought the light, capital L, of the world. And that light is still shining. So so please don't, don't miss the magnitude of this reality. On the first Christmas night, when Jesus was born, when Jesus came into this world, God broke the silence. And he has never been silent again. 
Please don't miss that whatever you hate about the world right now, whatever you're mad about in the world right now, whatever moments you have that you say, well, God undoubtedly has turned away, well, God undoubtedly is not paying attention, in no way, shape, or form is any of that true. God is still right on time. His glory, his majesty, his authority, his power, his grace, his love are louder than anything that you hear. The existence of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, it is still the most powerful reality in the universe. And the great news of the gospel is happening right now. There is nothing that has caught God off off kilter. God's not shocked with our political elections. God's not shocked with our medical conditions. There's nothing happening in the world where God says, whoa, I did not see that coming. No, at just the right time, for every moment of everything that is happening in the world, God is still completely and perfectly on his throne. And over and over again, through the good news about Jesus Christ, God is loudly working. He is deeply working as far as the curse of sin is found. What's the curse of sin? Well, the curse of sin is this reality that right now for someone who is separated from God, they're separated from all that's good and holy and happy, they are actually without Christ separated from joy. See, Christmas will give them a little bit of joy, a little little shred of joy. But man, December 26, it'll start fading. And by January 2nd, gosh, it'll be gone. But not the joy of Jesus. See, we, we live in a time where we forget that the power of the gospel is still true. The glory of the gospel is still true. And to be separated temporarily from God right now with the curse of sin is, is terrible. But the, the real depth of the sadness is that the curse of sin can last beyond death. To not have Jesus means that the curse of sin continues. Right now, that curse, as the song says, as far as the curse is found, right now that curse is sitting in caves inhabited by terrorists on the other side of the world. The curse is there. And that curse is right here in this community inhabiting houses, maybe even a few hundred yards from this church. You see, to to not have Jesus Christ, there's no other math. It leaves us under the curse. And at just the right time in history, in the, the fullness of a moment, God sent Jesus into this cursed world. And right now, in this moment, God is still sending Jesus to you. So do you know Jesus? Not do you know about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you received his salvation? Do you have a sense of safety and freedom and release from the curse of sin and even the curse of death? Are you following Jesus or is the curse still sitting on and in and around you? Paul's writing a a letter to a church in a place called Galatia. And what had happened in the church at Galatia is they started listening to the wrong voices. 
Some of those voices were inside the church and some of those verses, voices were outside the church, but they were, they were listening to the wrong voices. They were listening to the voices outside of the church that said, oh man, government's taken over. Rome's extending way too far and, and everything's just so negative and awful. This is the worst it will ever be. We never hear things like that, do we? So they were listening to the voices outside of the church that had none of the glory of God to support and encourage. And then they were listening to voices inside the church that were saying, hey, if we want to deal with this sin, this, this curse of sin, all we really have to do is obey the Constitution and bylaws, so to speak. It was like, we've, we've got these religious rules. All we need to do is focus on the religious rules and everything will be right with God. And so what they did, they were elevating their religious rules above following Jesus Christ. And in that moment, Paul said, I need to write them a letter because he knew how dangerous it was for them to listen to the wrong voices. Because the more they listened to those voices, the more they convinced themselves that as long as they kept the rules, everything was okay. Paul knew they'd get lost in those voices. They would get lost in those rules. And in fact, the voices and the rules might actually reveal to them that they were never found to begin with. It might reveal that they were never actually true Christians to begin with. So in that moment, Paul wrote, in this moment where Christians were doing religious morals above Jesus, or we might say in modern language, family values above Jesus. Good things that were not primarily godly things. In, in that moment, in that time, Paul writes them and he says, don't forget Bethlehem. I don't know if you caught Connor's line when she was doing the narration that she was doing as she was the innkeeper. She goes, gosh, I, I must be the worst innkeeper because I just can't keep track. Listen, there are, are moments in our culture right now that we are the worst innkeepers because we can't keep track of the story that actually created Christmas. We can't keep track of, of this truth. And so Paul's like, don't, don't leave Bethlehem. Don't, don't forget Bethlehem. Get there. See that this promise came into that major, manger that night and the promise was coming to release us from the curse of sin, to bring safety and freedom from the curse of sin. So in a time, in a world where God had been silent and Bethlehem that night, God broke the silence. And that's why we call Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. Just the right moment in history, a fixed, perfect time, God sent Jesus to rescue and redeem. And this isn't just like religious mumbo jumbo. It's, it's very strategic. You know, practically speaking, God sent Jesus at just the right moment in history. Listen, if you're not aware of this, one of the most incredible things that exist in this country is the interstate system. Listen, I'm telling you, Interstate 22 from Birmingham to Memphis, 
Praise Jesus for that road, okay? Uh, I've been driving to Arkansas for the last 26 years, and man, when they opened up that interstate, my life just changed. And they just built a Whataburger in Memphis, so when I get to the end of the interstate, I've got great food too, so God is good in so many different ways. But the interstate system is amazing because it allows so many different people and things to get to places in a way that that normally they would not. Originally, most of you know the history, it was Eisenhower that put the interstate system together and and it was really designed to make sure that if we could move military and and, and move troops as quickly as possible. But of course, we, we see it just moving the world and moving our country today. When Jesus was born, Rome was building the first interstate system. They were building a system of roads that was going to make it super easy for people to get throughout the empire. And not only that, they were creating a common language for the whole empire. So in the moment that Jesus was born, suddenly all of these people were not going to have to sit in a service and and wait for someone to read something in Latin or Greek or Hebrew that they may or may not understand. All of a sudden, there was going to be a common language and the message of Jesus would get out on this system of roads far and wide. And guess what? That message got away from those systems of roads and made it to our systems of roads. The message of the gospel came to us. Jesus was born at just the right time in history, practically speaking, but not just practically. He was born at just the right time, spiritually speaking, too. Philip Ryken defines and describes some of the spiritual hunger that people had when Jesus was born. He said it this way. Sinners were ready to be released from their bondage. The Gentiles were tired of serving their old pagan gods. And the Jews were weary of being held prisoner to the law they had tried and failed to keep for over a thousand years. So it was just at the right time, not a moment too late or a moment too soon, that Christ came to make us God's sons and daughters. Are you a true son or daughter of God? Have you received this salvation? Are you in the family of God? Have you repented of your sin, received Jesus? Are you following him? Or are you an unregenerate church member? Or are you a, a seeker just questioning the truth about Jesus? Or are you an atheist or an agnostic that just seems no need for anything to do with God or religion? Do you feel like you're a failure? Do you feel like you're weary and tired and and not getting anything right in life? Or are you proud and arrogant and, and think that you're doing everything right in life? Regardless of who you are right now, it's a fantastic time to turn to Jesus. Right now is an amazing time for you to turn to Jesus, to be rescued and redeemed to find joy away from the burdens of sin and the burdens of pride and the bankruptcy of indifference. This is a truth that transcends time. 
that there is this bondage of sin that, that is always hanging over us. So right now is the perfect time to turn to Jesus. Right now is the perfect time for the spiritual silence to stop in your life and for you to become a son or daughter of God. And how is that even possible? How is it that Jesus makes us sons and daughters of God? Paul continues to write in verse 4, But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, how do we know that Jesus was a real man? This isn't some, you know, legendary fairy tale. Well, we know because he was born of a woman. That's, that's clear in the scripture. He was born of a woman. He was truly man. And while he was truly man, he was truly God because he has always been and will always be truly God. And God sent Emmanuel to us. Imagine that you go this afternoon and, and buy a Christmas present for somebody, you know? Maybe a Mickey Mouse waffle iron or, you know, a funnel cake maker or I don't know, whatever you're going to buy and you buy that gift and you go home and you wrap it up or you have whoever the official wrapper person in your family is wrap it up and they wrap it up and then you put it in a package and then tomorrow you take it to the post office or UPS or FedEx or wherever you're going and, and you mail that to whoever it is that you've bought that gift for. So you've, you've purchased something that's been sent. All of that doesn't just happen. <laughs> There's, there's a process to making sure that that gift gets where it is going. God says that he sent Jesus. That means Jesus had to come from somewhere. And the from somewhere that the Bible says is perfect eternity past in glory with the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus came from God because Jesus is God, truly God, truly man, and that's how we recognize him. So why does that matter? What's the big deal? Well, the reason it matters is because Paul says that Jesus was born of a woman and born under the law. That means that Jesus was born into a world where all the same laws applied to him as to anybody else. Jesus, though, never broke the Ten Commandments. Jesus always obeyed all of the rules. He, he perfectly obeyed God's truth. He never got any of it wrong. Sorry to break it to you, but you and I don't get to say that, right? We, we cannot perfectly keep the law. We, we break the law, but not Jesus. He honored everything. He did everything just as the law required. Therefore, Jesus, as truly God and truly man, he becomes the only person who can redeem us. He becomes the only person who can rescue us. When I was a kid, every now and then my mom would take me over to the space place. The space place was an arcade in my hometown. And I'm just old enough that, you know, the games were only 25 cents back then. And so, you know, quarter, take you a long way. However, some of the arcades around town didn't take a quarter they took a token, and that's different. You had to have their token 
to play the game. So you take a dollar over to the little machine and put it in and it give you out the tokens. Now, you could go over to the machine, and they still say this today if you see one, it'll say on that little thing, 25 cents. And you know what? You could put a couple of dimes and a nickel in there and you weren't playing jack, all right? It wasn't gonna happen, you know? It wouldn't take those coins, it wouldn't take a quarter. You had to have the token or you couldn't play the game. By God's design and his grace and his love to make sure that salvation was available to everyone, Jesus is the only token. It's just Jesus. He's the only one that qualifies to rescue and redeem. He's the only one that's satisfied the curse of sin, that's dealt with the curse of sin, and that's the very reason why God sent him. Listen to what Paul says next, verse five. Jesus was born so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. See, this is one of the most wonderful times of the year. And and for believers, it's because it draws us back to the beginning of the story, so to speak, and and what happened in Bethlehem. But please understand, the gospel did not end in Bethlehem. The gospel kept working and moving. Jesus grew up, and he was crucified for my sin and for your sin. This is the story. And it's not a fairy tale, and it's not a ghost story. Jesus was crucified. His dead body was placed in a tomb. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. He is alive right now. See, Jesus did not promise before the Super Bowl, I'm the goat, I'm the greatest of all time right here. And then then he went out and won a game and won a trophy. No, no. Jesus, before the foundations of the world, was God's appointed one to fully and finally conquer sin and death. That's that's not a game. Jesus conquered sin and death. It's why he's the only one who's qualified. And his truth and grace, he's ruling the world with his truth and grace, even now. And as the song says, the the nations are proving right now, and one day they will fully and finally, every single nation will prove the righteousness and the wonder of the love of Jesus. History is not accidentally unfolding. History is purposely and perfectly unfolding in and through Jesus Christ. He is returning. This is no ghost story. This is no fairy tale. It is in and through Jesus Christ that a person can become a son or a daughter of God. Someone once said that being spiritually adopted into the family of God is greater than the universe. Sounds like a big thought, right? That, that being adopted into the family of God, that, that becoming a Christian is greater than the universe. 
And the reason why is because before the foundations of the universe, the Bible says God had designed and planned this adoptive family. He had designed and created what all of this means and how all of this was going to transpire. So becoming a son or daughter of God, it is greater than an education. It is greater than getting married. It's greater than winning the bowl game. It's greater than than getting that special gift on Christmas. It's greater than a promotion at work. It's greater than a new car. It's greater than this nation. It's greater than every nation. It's greater than everything in the universe. Being right with God means that a person is safe and free forever, before death, during death, and after death. Therefore, being in the family of God, being a son or daughter of God is greater than the universe. Now that's a Christmas gift. And that's the gift that keeps on giving. I've shared with you before the story of my friends Brent and Marion Martin. They adopted their daughter Tess, who's a teenager now. They adopted her. I think I think they got Tess the same day she was born. And a few weeks after Tess was born, Brent was preaching a sermon at our church and and this is what he said, and it, and it never escapes me, and I think on it all the time. He said this, you don't earn adoption. Tess was chosen. She was not looking for us. We were looking for her. And the first second my eyes met hers, she had status. It was instant. She was a Martin. Everything I had or would ever have was now hers because now she was mine. In the seconds before I saw her, I had never known her. And the moment I did see her, she had everything that would ever be mine. And then Brent said this, that is what God does. We get the family name and all that he owns. This isn't a ghost story. This is no fairy tale. This is the God of the universe who created the universe, who is over the universe, saying to us that in the fullness of time, at just the right moment in history, he made the way for you to be a son or daughter of his. He made a way for the silence to be broken. He made a way for the darkness to go away. And you know what? That would have been enough. It would have been enough if God just made the darkness and the light go away. It would have been enough if God just sent Jesus to Bethlehem to save us from the curse of sin. But again, he goes beyond that. He brings us into the family and gives us the family name. Everything of God's becomes ours. So, through the baby in the manger, a person can be adopted into the family of God. Have you been adopted? Are you a son or daughter of God? Have you received this gift? Because it's not a scary ghost story and it's not a fairy tale. It is greater than the universe because at just the right time, in the fullness of time, God brought joy to the world through Jesus. This, 
this is Christ the King. He is the joy that your soul is longing for the most.